Today on The Breakdown, it's a showdown between one of the most famous poker players in the whole wide world and the man whose name gets misspelled more than anyone else in poker. That's right. It's Daniel Grinder versus Mikita Badzikowski. Yeah, I don't even know how to pronounce it anymore. I'm so confused. Uh, they're going to play a hand when there's five left in the 2018 $300,000 buy-in Super High Roller Bowl. They've already locked up $1.2 million, but there's so, so, so much money left to be won. Millions upon millions of dollars. And Daniel Negreanu, everyone's favorite calling station, is going to make a few plays that I'm going to call surprising, a little bit unusual. And Mikita Badzikowski, used to people making plays at him, used to playing against the best in the world, is he going to be able to stand up to Daniel, or is he going to take his bullying like a little boy? A little boy Zikowski. <laughs> We're going to find out right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. Why you're one of the greatest podcasters in the game. Was that okay to say it like that? I don't even know. Like a little boy Zikowski? Was that okay? I think so. I think it is. I'm not even 100% sure anymore. I want it to be okay. Yeah, I do too. If it's not, this, you know what? Let's just live on a farm. It could be used against me later. <laughs> Everything can. Yeah. And I mean, by so, the way, at this point, it doesn't matter if you say something that can be used against you because they're going to be able to fake it anyway. You uh, might as well just do whatever you want. You know, so like uh, Jeopardy, the yeah. Mike Richards, who was announced yeah. as the new host of Jeopardy, and you subsequently. Got in trouble for a podcast. Uh oh. Well, I mean, not just that. Podcasters but that, are getting canceled left and right. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> no, there was uh, actually a great article in The Ringer about all the things he's done and said, not just on podcasts, but in general, and even how he sort of rigged the search to make sure he won. But, um, but he, I mean, he did these podcasts, which they are, which really are the things that got him for sure out. And it was like from 2013 or 2012. I mean, he voluntarily put that stuff out himself. Well, I'm voluntarily putting stuff out is what I'm saying. I get a little worried. You did say Boyd Zakowski. <laughs> I just don't know 10 years from now how this is all going to look. So I'm a little worried about it. That's all I'm saying. There's even things from like, because we've been doing this for seven years, from like six or seven years ago, where sometimes I think of it, I'm like, that's not amazing. Like, it's not awful. But it's not like perfect. Like I wouldn't say any of those things now. You know, there's stuff like that. that. I don't want to bring it up and yeah, remind people. But there's there's at least a few things where I, I, I'm not super. It's not awful by any means. It's like no one would it's come not at cancelable. me. No, by no means. But you know, like things have changed slightly, and you know we're slightly in a different place. And you know the things I said then I wouldn't say. I now. mean, it's a little different, right? Like yeah, sure. I agree that like it's dimensional, and you know it seems to be going a, a certain direction, but. With the Mike Richards, that's, yeah, his, that's name? his name. Yeah, with the stuff that he said, if you actually look at the quotes, it's like oh, they're horrible, unimpeachably bad, and were were at the time too. Bad oh, to yeah, say. No, like, no, no, like it's impossible that that guy should be hosting Jeopardy. I'm thrilled he didn't get the job or yeah. got, got fired from the job. Let me be super clear about that. Like the I, the, the article in the Ringer really made me root against him. I have to say, and not just because of the things he said on the podcast, but because of the way he went about this search and sort of like angle for the job when he clearly isn't. It seems the best guy for the job. Anyway, right, you know, and like just did this whole fake search thing for a year just so that way he could then give himself the job. Like, I hate that stuff. So I'm really, really, really glad he didn't get it. And apparently uh, Ken Jennings, who feels like the obvious guy, yeah. is apparently the clear front, front runner once again. Hmm. So I'm really happy for that, too. I don't really care who. I mean, it's fine with me if LeVar Burton is doing it, too. Like, you know, I'm good. I don't watch Jeopardy. I don't care who hosts Jeopardy. <laughs> but I, you know, but I sort of like I, I'm invested now. You know how it is. 
You know, it's like you're not you don't care about the javelin, but then you sit down, and you're watching the Olympics, and you start to root for a guy, and then here you are. Now you're rooting for guys. That's yeah. what happens. I love rooting for a certain guy in javelin. I do that. I do that. Okay, so the Olympics just finished, and you know, watching track and field, some of the Jamaican women sprinters have really cool hair. Like they all dye their hair interesting colors, and I was like, I love these ladies. Let's go Jamaica. You know. Also, they were the best. Well, that was easy to. To grab your loyalty? Yeah. Just I'm, coloring of the hair? I am, do not have a lot of nationalism going on over here. Like, yeah. I am ready to abandon the U.S. in a second if you've got cool dyed hair. Or anything else cool about you. There's I'm people done. in the U.S. with cool dyed hair. Not running track. That's for sure. Oh, really? You don't, you don't, you don't want to be around on Twitter when <laughs> freaking Leo Chen tweets you the coolest hair ever on an American sprinter. And yeah. you're like, oh, no, I was, I've been canceled. Well, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, at least for the track I was watching, that was all very normal hair. And that's fine. But you don't get my loyalty. You don't get my... Here's the problem with you, Jonathan. This is why you can get canceled at any minute. Yeah. Normal hair? What is that? What's normal? It's normal colors. Oh, it's normal right. colors. colors. Oh, really? That's a good way to go. Colors found in nature. Uh-huh. Is that so crazy? Sure. Like the green hair and the yellow, you know, the yellow, green, blue hair is not colors nor- typically found in nature on humans in terms of their hair or really any I'm other sure parts of their body. I'm sure it's going to be fine that you said that. <laughs> this is I'm exactly sure. what I was talking about. <laughs> I think the Boyd Zukowski should be fine because it was good. That was good to say, Boyd Zukowski. It really was really great, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? No, it wasn't that. It was more saying, like, is he going to be a little boy or stand up to the bully? And I was like, the little boy thing is a little weird, too. But not really, right? I don't really see how that's offensive. Great. Great. I feel good about and it. Most people are worried Boyd about... Boyd Zukowski is funny. Yeah. I, let me try to find a way that, that this, this becomes cancelable. Yeah, yeah. Is it, like, the new crusade is to, to not be ageist against little boys right. for being more scared than adult men... Because I don't know why you would be worried about that. I got, I got okay. it. I got it. Um, oh, so if he's a little boy, that's a problem. Oh, oh like, now he's weak because he's little. Oh, little sh- people are weak. So, so shorter, shorter than average. Yeah. Oh, oh. So yeah. yeah. If he was, if he was tall, if he was a tall boy, he'd have no problems. That's the okay. best I can do. I uh, you know what? Ten years from now, who knows? But I don't think so. I'm willing. I'm willing to take the hit on that one. I don't think that's going to happen. At least currently, I'm willing to take the hit. I mean, I can always go back into SoundCloud and. I don't think that's going to happen. But I also didn't really think that Daniel Negreanu would do the things that he did in this exactly. hand. Exactly. This is shocking. It's a bit odd. It I mean, is really surprising. Gonna, I mean, I think we could find some, like, upon first inspection, we can find some rudimentary reasons for Negreanu's decisions yeah. that feel like bad player reasons. Honestly, yeah. so well, there must be something beyond that. Well, I mean, when you say bad player reasons, that's interesting, right? They're not, I mean, they're not, right? Okay, they're, they're that's bad, good player reasons. That's more it's like, like the, it. the concepts that good players employ, uh, employed incorrectly. At the risk of getting destroyed online, like a Matt Berkey reason. A little bit. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> why did you have to do that? But you know what I why mean? Do you have to, like, why do you have to poke it? I, uh, it's been a long time. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like we're, that's not fair. Okay. By the way, to all Matt right, Berkey. All right, all right. It's more of a, it's mostly like, a joke. There, there are there have been instances in the past where Matt Berkey's reasoning has not <laughs> has not equaled perfection. But he co- also go ahead. He also sometimes does make good decisions of course. based on good reasoning. Of course, of course. he does. Of yeah. course he does. Um, bring on the feud. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. We're deep in it now. It's yeah. fine. He's gonna get you for Boyd Zukowski. 
Berkey's oh. gonna Berkey's gonna like get bet, get Badzikowski all pissed at you. They're gonna form a coalition, the anti levy coalition. A lot could happen here. Him and Kristen Soto could do another forty five minute video. Being, Where are the receipts on ba- Boy Diakowski? You know, and do a whole thing about it. I'm ready. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> Jonathan wants the pain. Yeah, just to feel something for once. <laughs> <laughs> There is, you know, an aspect of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, even if it feels bad, at least you feel alive, right? right? Yeah. Wow. <sighs> you know, I was... The opposite of love is apathy, man. I was <laughs> looking... <laughs> I was looking at the grass the other day, man. I was just like, it just grows, you know? It just... It grows, and it, it doesn't care who sees it, you know? And, like, can I be more like that? No. No, no, you I'm gotta, not that. You got to go to a darker place. Yeah. Go on. The I grass, tried. The grass just grows, but who gives a shit? <laughs> Why? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Might as well die. No yeah. one. Yeah. If That's... the grass is growing and it doesn't matter, and mm. I'm growing and it doesn't matter, <laughs> does anything matter? <laughs> Welcome to a poker podcast with Grant Dennison. We did it. We did it again. Okay. I think we're uh, okay. Yeah, we started talking about you know nihilism, nihilism, and okay. we ended, we ended there. Yeah. Very exciting. Okay, let's dive into the hand. Ah, fine. But does it matter? Who cares? Somebody cares. People who listen to this they care. They can care, but it doesn't matter that they care. <laughs> there is the, They're not going to matter. There is the, Nobody matters. Some percentage, matters. some percentage of the listening audience has been, you know, moving the cursor, moving the little thing, <laughs> trying to skip this whole opening, and they, like, landed on this part, and they're like, are we done yet? Are we, are we at the hand yet? And nope, we're, we're getting really close, but we're not entirely there. I, I, oh, we gotta, and they care. We got to fuck with those people. We should be, like... Sprinkling oh. in 10 seconds of pretending <laughs> we're talking about the hand every now and then. <laughs> then I feel bad for the, all the other people. We're like making the people who are the loyal listeners, the true loyal listeners. That's true. Because everyone else is not a loyal listener. No, but we're an agent of chaos. Yeah. You know, we don't care about that. But we should care a little bit about like rewarding the Max Sawyers of the world. Does the Joker care about Max Sawyer? The J Wreckers of the world. Um, ah, the Joker doesn't care about anybody, man. Yeah. And that's what makes him great. That's why we're the Joker. So on the turn, when he makes... When he makes the, the check fold, do you like it? Good. All right. Okay, yeah, that's enough. Probably right. got him. Someone's been fooled. All right, speaking of loyal listeners, Mark Testart. Yes. Suggested this hand. Good job, Mark. Mark, still on the Mount Rushmore, uh, according to both of us. Yeah, you're actually Just close. barely. Fourth out of four, Hanging but you know what? little fingernails. You know what? I say fourth out of four, but really, the, it's not like it's a podium. Yeah. It's all one plateau man and you're you're up there it's close for now <laughs> nice job though poker girl must have recently put out this hand just by itself because this is from the super high roller bowl in 2018 and i don't remember getting a bunch of suggestions for it back then but it was also suggested within a day by tommy reynolds that's right so, who's also made other suggestions yeah recently been doing some suggesting so yeah. good job tommy for sure um it's a cool hand both of these guys suggested it on twitter we are the poker guys on twitter include a link and timestamp the hand sure that's how you do it. Great. All right, let's get to the actual action cool. of poker. 15K, 30K are the blinds. We have five remaining in the 300K buy-in. Super high rollerball. By the way, here's the five left. Justin Bonomo, Daniel Negreanu, Jason Kuhn, Christopher Vogelsang, and Mikita Badziakowski. Like, wow. That is a tough lineup. Yeah, it was actually tough. The final, the final table was just a nightmare because the other four, the other three guys were also really good. It's just super tough. Stephen Chidwick went out in seventh, you know. Yeah. Nikki Petrangelo went out in six. But anyway, go on. Nikki Petrangelo. Well, are, you, are you walking there or what, Nikki? Uh, see, now that's going to be a problem in 10 years. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> you can't pretend that you're from Boston or New York and not be from there. It's not allowed. Okay. So 15K, 30K are the blinds, and we're relatively deep. Like, Bonomo's got $4 million. Badzikowski's got $4.3 million. Negrano's got $4.5 million. Those guys have huge stacks, all over 100 bigs. Yeah. Kuhn's got $1.4 million. Vogelsang is the clear short stack with 310K. He's got 10 bigs. Wow. So there's definitely an aspect to, like, everyone's sort of waiting around now to see if Vogelsang's just going to bust, and then everyone's yeah. going to make another, how much money? Another $400,000 just by breathing, basically. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So uh, it's going to fold around to the small blind who is Makita, 15K, 30K, 4.3 million in his deck. So just incredibly massive stack for the stage of a tournament. Yeah. Got Jack of Hearts, Nine of Spades. I guess the answer is mixed strategy. But what do you do with this against a good player when you're super deep? I mean, either you're limping your entire range or you're, you're doing a mixed strategy. Yeah. That, that's it. You know, you're not always raising. I, against a good player, you're not always raising, right? I think... Against an overfolder, you're always raising. Against an overcaller, oh. you're always limping. Right. That's right. Um, and it's cool. And, then, and I think we're limp with the intention of calling a raise ourselves with this hand. This hand's good enough to see a flop with, even though we're out of position. It's not ideal. But yeah. like we're going to be folding too much if we limp fold this hand, unless he, unless he prices us out of it, of course. Right, which is hard to do with these stack depths. Exactly. Right, yeah, it's, it's pretty significant here with like 140 bigs effective almost. Um, is that too much? Yeah, it's 120. 120 bigs. But whatever. Yeah, still a lot. Jack of hearts, nine of spades, Makita does limp. Negranu in the big blind, four and a half million, the chip leader by a hair, has ace of diamonds, six of spades. All right. I think this is actually an interesting decision, too, at the stack depth against a good player. Do you prefer, like, how are you most comfortable playing this hand? Do you want to raise or do you like just checking and having kind of a disguised ace here? I want to raise this hand, but not for these reasons that you're talking about. Like, I like checking back if everything's equal, Mm -hmm. but um, I really like raising because we've got a 10 blind stack. And putting pressure, like we're just going to pick up. But I think the, we're too deep between us and Badzikowski for that to be a factor pre-flop at all. He's going to fold a little bit, not a lot. But like we're going to win post-flop more than we should also. because Like he's not going to want to mix it up. I mean, th- this were, would require us to do a three-barrel bluff that was massive no, for it to no, matter. No, I disagree. He's not going to call a lot of turn bets. And, you know, like he's just not. I mean, so, but, okay, you're setting yourself up for two barrels with a hand that often misses. I mean, we also have ace high. We don't always have to barrel. But I like the idea of raising when we've got a 10-blind stack or so. I mean, I really, really do. And we're, and we're up against another big stack. I don't really care about the 10-blind stack in this case because of how deep we are mm-hmm. as the effective stacks here playing. Um, the only reason I, w- I would want to raise would be just purely theoretical. My hand is better than his range. Yeah. That's good. But there's another reason, too, that we have position. That's a really big reason. Yeah. But typically, I feel more comfortable checking back in yeah, this spot. Of course, it's more comfortable. You don't yeah. put any more money in, and you're, you figure you're seeing a flop almost always either way. But putting more money in when you're in position with a hand that rates to be better than your opponent's is, is a profitable move. So I think it's fine to raise this hand, especially when we're this deep, where it isn't like we're you know, 22 blinds effective and stuff gets weird. Yeah. You know, he's not check raise, He's not going to... Th- um, sorry, limp three bet very often at all. And when he does, we just fold, right? It's not a big I, deal. I agree. I think my only pushback comes from like, when we reach this level of stack depth, I think playability is far more important mm. than actual hand strength. That's fair. Like if we flop an ace, it's not even that great. It's fine. It's good. We're probably going to win, but like we're not going to get much value. Well, this is one of the reasons why we want to raise pre-flop, right? We get money before the ace comes, not and, after. But there's an equal chance that Makita would rep in any sort of hand on an ace high board if we check back. Yeah. Um, well, if he's always limping, that's true. But if he's not always limping, that's much less I mean, Makita's going to have some aces in his limping range. He's Makita Badzikowski. 
Sure, but if he's got if he's doing mixed strategy instead of always limping, he's going to be raising a lot of his aces, right? Fine. So. I'm just saying, like, it's not like we're necessarily going to get any value from worse hands on any side boards that often, almost never. And I, I think we make more money in the long run by raising here, but but I think it's close, and I don't think it's a big deal to make money at this spot either. Yeah. Admittedly, like, it's not really about getting two more blinds, right? Right. So that to your point about playability, yeah, which I, is I, fair. I just think it can go either way. Yeah, I like, think you're I, right. I feel a lot of players who are. You know, not these level players, but players like us or or of similar ilk who are in these spots and they're against good players and they feel like I'm just I'm just being a wuss if I don't raise here. Like I'm supposed to raise here, you mm-hmm. know. And you don't have to feel that way, right? Oh yeah. Like you can you can check back with this hand and that's fine. It's great to be disguised, especially yeah. if your opponent is aggressive. Where yeah, you hit you actually flop the ace and uh, they may take two shots at you before they shut down. Sometimes I mean triple barreling gets tough for you there yeah. with ace six unless you improve, but. Um, but like a lot of times you can win a reasonable pot there. And they may not believe you that much when we check back and then bet the ace high board. Yeah. So that helps a little bit anyway. It's fine to check back. Of course it is. And I think you should not always be raising or always be checking. Yeah. Of course. I think either is fine. Yep. Negrano goes for the raise. He does the 4x, 120. I'm cool. You are cool. Yeah. You said Boyd Zikowski. That was cool. I know. Makita um, with Jack Nine off. While not the best hand in the world, cannot fold at this stack depth with a hand this playable against a, a capable opponent, right? I don't think so. Uh, not at all. Like, we were planning on calling. This is the sizing we would have expected. Yeah. Maybe even, uh, maybe even 5Xing against us sometimes. But we're calling, I think we're calling a 5X also because we're so deep. Yeah. And we have a reasonable hand in the ground that's going to be wide here. That's what Makita does. He makes the call. Cool. Pot's 270K now. Flops nine of hearts, seven of spades, deuce of spades. Kind of a big whiff for Negrano with the ace six off. Makita with jack nine flops top pair. Pretty pretty damn fine flop. Yeah, really nice. They both do have one spade in their hand. Makita's being the nine, Negrano's being the six. Goes check, check. Let us discuss. I don't think there's really much reason for Makita to lead, right? You no. wouldn't really think that makes any sense. No, it'd be very strange. All right. Why does Negrano check back? Best guess is this is a hand. Oh, sorry, this is a board that is really not for him. Right? The, there's the kinds of hands he's raising don't really interact with this board nearly as much as a more Broadway type board, king high, ace high, queen high, even even jack high. Like Negrano can have, of course, nine seven suited in pocket deuces. Of course he can, but he's checking his nine seven offs almost always, almost never raising those. Right? But his ace. Tens plus king queens, he's pretty much always raising. So his range just doesn't do well with this, and Makita's range does do pretty well, as we see. It does well enough. Um, Counter argument to that would be with a six off on this board, there's not really too many turn cards that are good for us. I mean, an eight is okay. It's okay, but it's not amazing. Yeah, an eight, an ace is an ace is good. That's really it. An eight, but we can live with an eight. I guess a six is fine. It's fine. Yeah. I think it's, That's fair. it's reasonable to consider an equity denial bet here. I mean, we're never folding out a, a better hand than a6. Yeah. That's fine. Like, Makita has plenty of hands that have equity but will fold. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe Nirano thinks there aren't that many because there's enough gut shots and open-enders that are included in Makita's range that Nirano just doesn't have fold equity. Maybe that's part of the calculation here. But I, would, I think I would want to deny equity here. I think what Nirano is thinking, and I don't have a problem with this, is that this is just one of those hands. Like you have to check back some hands. And this is one of those hands that doesn't really have a lot going on. It has like two incredibly weak back doors. You know, they aren't, if you have the ace of spades, that's at least a strong back door, right? Yeah. This the six of spades is not. Even if the eight comes, like we're on the, you know, we're at the bad end of the open ender. Like 
we have ace high. It's sometimes good for sure. It's good. It's good a fair amount even. Um, but like we can just get to showdown. We don't have to play a big pot right now. Well, you don't. I mean, you can make that into the opposite argument of like we don't have good backdoors, so yeah. why not win the hand when we have the best likelihood to actually win it? When like it's hard for us to improve, and our opponent could have kind of anything. I mean, the, we don't have good backdoors argument. I think is problematic though, because that means like, so we don't have any equity, so so we should bet. But then, but we want to bet when we do have equity, right? Isn't that doesn't that make more sense? It does. I I just think like in this dynamic uh, with the small blind, big blind, somewhat of an orphan flop. Not, mm-hmm. not entirely, but somewhat. Yeah. Like, I think it's equity denial is highly powerful and worthwhile when you have a, a hand like a weak ace high that never feels good about itself. Let, let's actually let's play this out a little more. So, if you're Negranu, how much would you bet if you want if you're deciding to bet here? I think I would go. So, there's two seventy in there. Yeah, something like ninety k. Okay, so really, really, really small. Yeah. Okay, let's think about the hands. Makita is is complete completing the small blind with and then calling with. Okay. Obviously, there's a big range. Yeah. But let's do our best to come up with some of these kinds of hands, yeah. okay? There's some really nice hands, like there's probably a few king-queens, king-jacks, yeah. king-ten, stuff like that. Um, then there's a bunch of connected-ish cards, like 9-8, 10-8, 10-9, 6-7, 7-5, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6, 
and queen seven deuce and ace. Well, of course, ace seven deuce. Um, but you know, things like that. Obvious, obvious wins for him. And maybe even like jack ten four. You know, maybe that, that interacts more with him than it does Makita. I would say. And that's, I think that one's close. Either way, he, maybe he doesn't. He's not the happy go lucky guy anymore. It's twenty eighteen. He's already lost his luster oh, for life. Oh jeez. Yeah. You know the grass. Yeah, the grass just grows, and who cares? I mean, the grass doesn't care. The grass and doesn't I don't care about care. you, and you don't care about the grass. So we should all just go away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. Uh, in all seriousness, though, this was like the period of time in Negreanu's career where he was really trying to like reinvent himself. Poker-wise, mm. he's like, this isn't working anymore against the top guys. I have to be the super serious guy who does everything in a GTO way and like behaves the same way during the hand each time. Yeah. And that was really sad. When he yeah. was doing that, like I think he went back. I think he realized he that was not him, and he like stopped. He started like having fun again at the table. He realized that he could be, he could play differently, but still be have the same personality and yeah. have more fun again, and that that was going to be okay. That the, right. like the math nerds weren't going to like pick up every tell. Like yeah. it isn't like he's playing Faraz Jaka every moment. Right. And even Faraz Jaka, I don't know if anyone can pick up tells on the ground, even if he's having a good time. I'm not sure. Right. Maybe maybe the maybe you know. The very best in the world can, you know. He uh, was tinkering because he be it. it wasn't working anymore, yeah. right? So he was like, I got to try something else. I'll, I guess I'll emulate what the top guys now are doing, which is like looking like a robot all the time. It, is it a little bit sad? I'm asking sincerely. So he's reinvented himself in poker many times, actually, in the last decade. Yeah. Successfully. Mm-hmm. Like almost no one else has done this. He really has. Yeah. Like Helmuth is the same guy. He hasn't been reinventing. He's maybe slightly, slightly been forced to with this heads up stuff. Oh, with, with his game. Yeah. But not oh. with his demeanor or anything. Oh, yeah. I just mean, I just mean his game. Okay. Sorry. Um, so Negreanu has done this multiple times to like stay, keep up with the kids and has, and has pulled it off, I would say. He's still yeah. able to like hold his own, at least in these super high rollers. He's definitely not a favorite in these, but he's, like, he's not a big mark right. by any means. Um, so then he decided to play Doug Polk heads up. Got crushed. Spent three months training for it, basically. Got crushed, but really got like earned the respect of Polk very mm-hmm. openly, like saying Negreanu was good. Yeah. Negreanu was really, really good. Then played Phil Homie three straight times and lost all three. Yeah, that was weird. Really weird. Now, the first time he had him crush and got pretty unlucky, he had him 19 to 1 in chips and lost. But still, what does this do to the soul, I ask? Once again, what does this do? Yeah, it's got to be rough on Negrano, especially considering how fragile he clearly is based on the summer of 2020 and what happened yeah. during that time. Yeah, it's, uh, it's rough, man. I hope he's doing okay. Yeah, me because, too. Because, like... Oh, he did just recently win a, a Poker Masters yeah. event, so maybe he's feeling good. And maybe he's better at seeing the long, the long road better than, than a lot of us because he's been playing for so, so long at this point and had so much success. I'm not sure, though. A lot of, he didn't look like that when he was losing the World Series online. Like, he was not having a good time. A singular bad beat, he would freak out. Or even like coin flips, he would freak out if he lost. Like, it was weird. He, it's, like, it's like Phil Homie. Phil Homie thinks he should win every hand, even if he's behind... If he's behind, it's, he's, it's terrible because he's not getting the cards. And if, he's, if it's a coin flip, he can't believe he lost. And if he's cooler, he can't believe it. Like, everything's a, is this fucking real life for yeah. him. It's like, unless he's winning every hand, it's super lame. I mean, he, honestly, the Negreanu thing is kind of sad. It really is. Like, I know. He seems to be okay now. He seems to be doing better. But still, there, there will never again be that same perception of Negreanu that there was in, like, 2010 and earlier, where, yeah. like, I felt certainly this way that, like, yeah, Negrano can take a bad beat and he'll be fine. You know, like he, he would, we saw him take plenty of bad beats on high stakes poker, like quads, yes. quads versus full houses type stuff. And he would kind of like, he'd be a little frustrated, but he'd kind of laugh it off and be like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to be. That's how you're supposed to be when you're a pro. You're having exactly. a good time. You're you keeping, at least fake it well. You're keeping the whales happy. Right. Like everybody likes being around you. It's fun. 
something changed fundamentally. I don't know what it was. I don't know if Doug Polk really got under his skin with the more rake is better Maybe. trolling thing. He put up the he put up the big billboard next to the Rio during the World Series of Poker and stuff. He wore the t shirt when they were playing yeah. each other, sitting right next to each other. There's a lot of things that happen with Negrano. I don't know if any of them are part of this. Like that's a big thing for sure. Um, like the Choice Center became part of his life at some point. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that plays into this or not. I just don't know. But I know that's like where you're working on your emotions and your thoughts. That's all yeah. I know. I don't know much about it. Beliefs. Um, but maybe. Um, he's clearly started working out. Like, yeah. Some people have thoughts about that. I have no idea. Like there was like, people, when he got all angry, people were like at least half joking about roid rage stuff. Yeah. I have no idea if that's what's going on. Um, but like something happened. And maybe it's just a loss of, you know, just disillusion. I mean, the attrition of the years and years. Yeah. Of, uh, I mean, poker sucks to play forever, man. Yeah, it does. And, you know, you're the top guy. You're taking shots from the young guys who, like, have a better theoretical understanding than you now. Like, what they're saying used to not be true in 2010. You still yes. were on top of the game. And now it's kind of starting to be true. Where it's like, actually, you do need to fucking pull yourself up hard if you're going to compete with Stephen Chidwick. Right. You know? But the like, thing is, he really wants to compete with the best of the best. Yeah. Too, clearly, like taking on the Polk Challenge is such a, such a thing to even decide. I mean, really, sort of an, a bit of an insane decision yeah. by him. And him losing $1.2 million was somewhat predictable, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it was going to be pretty impressive. No one really thought he could win. Uh, I guess he thought he could win. And yeah. he, you know, he apparently improved significantly as the match went on, but not enough not to get crushed. It's just really, it, it's a bummer, man. Like, yeah. The golden era of poker for me personally, I know is a little different than for you. My my golden era is like 2007, 2008 because that's when I was really getting into it yeah. initially. And at the time, you know, the the main way to watch poker was Poker After Dark and High Stakes Poker. And then the World Series of Poker coverage, of course. Sure. Um but like Negrano was just such a cherubic fun presence there. That was like this guy is not only good and he does cool stuff at the poker table, but he just seems like a fun guy to be around. Like him and Esfandiari, those types of guys. Yeah. Like that was the Greatest when those were the personalities of poker. Like I know nothing against Stephen Chidwick and Sam Greenwood, but those guys are dull as a board at the poker table. I mean, like Phil Ivey too. Honestly, yeah. like Phil Ivey has a mystique, but like he is not entertaining well, compared to compared worked, to these other guys. It worked well because that was like counteracting yes. the Negranos and his fun areas, which were more ubiquitous back for then. For sure, for um, sure. Like yeah, but now now everybody's just like my persona at the poker table is I'm a piece of bread. Like it's and there is nothing, no, not even a, a hint of toasting on this bread. You know, yeah. like. Nothing to see here, right? Like, I mean, it's boring as shit. When I play live, I've even in tournaments, even in big tournaments, like I remember like playing in the main event is we're like coming up on the bubble and me at one point, because Johnny Vibes was at my table, yeah. right? And, and so like he was just starting to be, be getting known. I had heard of him. Mm -hmm. Like that was it. This is 2018. So it was a while ago. Same as uh, this tournament that we're doing. And uh, a few other people had heard of him. And then I mentioned that I was, you know, I had a podcast too. And... Someone said, like, oh, I've never heard of you. And everyone at the table was like, yeah, we never heard of you. And I'm like, I have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of followers, you bastards. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and they all broke out laughing. And it was yeah. cool, right? And this was, like, right in the middle of us, like, battling hard. You know, like, so I can do all that. But when the hand actually, when I'm actually in a hand, I look at my hand and I'm playing, all that goes away. Yeah. Like, until the hand is over. So, like, the stuff you'd watch on TV, like, these guys could be fun in, right. even at the table. Yeah. But not in the middle of a hand ever, right? Because yeah. you don't want to give away anything no, to these fair. good players. It's fair, it's fair but it sucks for a viewer. Yeah, right, is it my does. Point. It does. But I feel like Negreanu's, uh like ride through poker personality-wise is kind of indicative to me of the level of fun that poker actually wow. is wow. on TV that's, and, and like how it's gone. That's Like poker on TV used to be way more fun, right? Oh, my God. Like yes. to play, it's been the same, right? Because it's still a game that's fun to figure out and understand. But 
like without the top guys being fun at the table, it removes a lot of the potential for new players to come in because it doesn't look as fun. It looks like, oh, I'm going to, like, if you don't know anything about poker, it's like, oh, I'm going to step into a room full of really advanced programmers and sit down with them and try to program against them, and they're not going to say a word. You know, the, like, what's the point? The, uh, so I'm, I'm watching a $204 game right now, which yeah. the WPT just put out, a cash game. It's great. Uh, Tom Dwan is at the table. Jason Kuhn is at the table. Chris and Bignell, Dan Smith. Uh, Landon Tice is at the table. And the only person who has... Okay, they're all very nice people, to be clear. Sure. Like, I'm sure it'd be very pleasant to be with them. Maybe they'd be really nice to go out to dinner with. But the only person who even has even a semblance of, like, a personality is Jason Kuhn. Yeah. And honestly, nothing like Antonio back right. in the day, or Dan O'Gron, I'm sure he would agree with that, right? Yeah. Um, but Jason Kuhn, at least in the middle of a hand, if he's, like, on the river and he's trying to make a decision, he talks out loud. So he can, like, he's, got, he's got some personality. He's got some personality, even in a hand, a yeah. little bit. Um, but, like, Dan Smith has zero personality in a hand. Yeah. And at least at the table, then the cowboy hat is does personality. (laughs) I mean, and even at the table, like not in the hand, he has not a lot of personality either for the cameras. I'm saying, I'm not talking about for the people actually, like a lot of times you're sitting next to people who are quiet and it's great at a poker table. They're nice to talk to and they're fun. Yeah. But like, it's not a rollicking good time from an audience point of view to your point. Right. And this is, this has really changed dramatically. Yeah. It's too bad. The table used to be full of different archetypes. Yeah. Like, Doyle Brunson, the old cowboy, and like Daniel Legrano, the the young gun, charismatic guy, and Antonio Fondiari, the magician, who you know he's just like messing with your head, and Phil Locke, the crazy guy. You now know? it's just like everyone's doing their best to play GTO against each other, yeah. and they're talking openly about it as they're doing yeah. it. And you know, Kuhn was at one point was like, "Well, I'm supposed to call this hand twenty percent of the time, and I rolled high three times in a row. I guess I'm folding." You yeah, know? and it's like. Yeah, I mean, that's correct. Like, that's cool that you know you're supposed to call that much. You know, I have a way of determining if this is one of those 20% or not that isn't just card-based, but outside of that to randomize. Like, that's really awesome, and I'm sure makes you a lot of money, and that's all you should care about. But, man, it's not a surprise that poker is not what it was in yeah. the world. There's the no way you can bring in as many people as you could back in the, right. the aughts when it was all these big personalities headlining poker. What was the name of the guy? Well, really, really off topic. Whatever. I'm just saying, I'm just saying we're in the middle of a hand and we're doing this, but there was, a, there was that world series year where there was the one guy, his last name was Khan. Oh uh, yeah. Havad Khan. Havad Khan. Right. Here, right. Up until the final table, because they took like six months off. This is the, one of the first November nine yeah. spots. I think um, he was like, I mean, it was problematic, actually, where he would be, like, super intense and, like, yeah, bulldozer, when he would, like, get someone to fold. Yeah. And it was, like, too much, and it wasn't great, yeah. right? And then, like, he clearly had been talked to. Yeah. And, like, he was the opposite of the final table where he did no, he showed no emotion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, neither is really great for a viewing experience, but, like, him doing bulldozer is better than not. Yeah. Like, him potentially pissing people off, me having an opinion about him is better than... I have no opinion about any of these people, which is what happens now mostly. Yeah, and what happened, if I was a player, it would be that way about me too, to be fair. But like, yeah. that's, that's, it sort of sucks. I mean, it, he may be worse for the people at the table, but if it's on TV, show me a drunk Tony G instead of a right. Stephen Chidwick saying nothing. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Give me some villains, man. Give me some villains. Give me some guys to root for. I'm in. And a villain just because he looks because Stephen Chirwick looks like he's going to kill you with a scythe is not enough of a reason <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like give me a guy like Tony G who's who's push, who's being a little bit like oh, slightly over the line just slightly yeah but give me that because now I have some really clear rooting interest it's more fun yeah and especially for Joe Sixpack who's watching poker if there's any of them left that would that would really help the game even Phil this is why Phil Homie like always is you know makes money really right. because he's entertaining to watch no matter he's what guaranteed entertainment yeah like it doesn't matter who he's playing against he's gonna freak out and it is fun to watch that it just is yeah 
even though it's annoying because I, I would, I always put myself at like as if I'm there, and I'm like, oh, I would hate yeah, this he, guy. I mean, he gives he gives us a perfect villain. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly. He's a perfect villain who thinks he's a superhero. It's yeah. amazing. It's great. It's amazing. He's Lex Luthor. Anyway, except Lex Luthor is really smart. That's the difference. If you want to be Lex Luthor, <laughs> yes. If you want to be Lex Luthor, do it on Nitrogen Sports. You can make that your username if you want. Do whatever you want. Um, Nitrogen Sports. Use the link in the description. You get access to our monthly tournaments. Mm. It is an awesome deal. Because there is always an overlay. It's a guaranteed overlay. It's not like, we hope there's an overlay. No, they make it so there's an overlay. There will be an overlay. Yeah. You have to be there. The only way to be there is to use the actual link that we tweet out and the one that's in our description of our podcast. Don't go to some other podcast. Don't go to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and click a link in there and, and try to get into Nitrogen that way. That's not going to work. I mean, what if Nitrogen's sponsoring them too? I mean, oh, they won't be able to get to the Poker Guy stuff. No, though. no, they won't. Yeah. So don't use their nitrogen link. <laughs> don't, don't use Ira Glass's <laughs> nitrogen link. It's no good. It doesn't get you anywhere. It makes you unhappy at best. Um, so yeah, use our link. Get to nitrogen. There's also sports betting. There's casino games. They pay out fast. It's a Bitcoin-only site. They pay out within 90 minutes when you want your money. It's great. Get in there. Anything to say? Love you. you know, sports betting, casino games, like you said. said. I know. I said, like you said, just reminding the people, get off my back, Grant. Uh, uh, yeah. Good stuff. You're the Boyd Zikowski. All right. So what where are we in this hand? We're going to the turn. We're going to the turn. It's gone check, check on the flop. So we haven't really talked about much at all yet. Negranu has ace six off. Uh Bazikowski has jack nine off. Yeah, nine seven deuce, two spade board. They both have one spade. Yep. The nine of spades and the six of spades, I yep. believe. So Bazikowski has top pair. Okay. Turn is the nothingness of the three of clubs. It's like the level of meaning that grass growing has. That's the three of clubs. Whoa. Meaningless. Uh, of course. Either of them could have a set of threes or a pair to three somehow. So it's not really true. Right. But I mean, Bad, Z- Bad- Oh, no, because it went check, check. Yeah. yeah. Bad Ziakowski doesn't have that many trays in his range, though, because there's a lot of, like, you know, like 10 three off he doesn't have. No, I mean, Negrano probably doesn't either. Maybe like three four suited and stuff. Yeah, sure. Three five suited, three four suited. Maybe six three suited as well, probably. Yeah. That's probably most of it. All At right. least three. So is it time now for Makita to start betting for value? I think it has to be, right? Like, Negrano checks back. He does have some showdownable hands here. Yeah. He might be checking back this board just all the time with whatever he has. If he's got aces, whatever, he's going to get at least two bets out of us. Anyway, who cares? We should be betting. I agree. So does Makita. Good. Bets 180 into 270. So reasonably sized bet over half pot. Yep. Makes sense. Here's where things start getting a little wonky donkey, I think. It's about time. I think you can maybe make the argument for just folding as Negreanu. Uh, I think you probably are going to make the argument to call. But let's hear, let's hear what you have to say. Okay. Because he has a six high, no draws now. Yeah. What do you do? I don't hate folding at all. Okay. Um, this is not our board. Um, if the board paired, I'd be a little bit more interested in calling once. I mean, it's, it's six blinds. It's not super cheap. I mean, we're in position. I guess if, I mean, not much can happen that's good, right? We could hit an ace on the river and hope we're ahead. That's about it, right? Nothing else. I guess we could hit a six. I guess sometimes ace high is good, but we have to get to showdown. So we have to call twice. At least some of the time. Yeah. Mickey is going to give up sometimes. Yeah. Um, so we could call seeing if he gives up. But that's... Or hit an ace. So that would be our reasons for calling. Um, I would kind of want to have a better card than a six with us to, to call here, though. Like, I'd want to have a... over card? Yeah, ace 10. I'd, I think I really feel obligated to call because I got a lot more clean, potentially clean outs. Yeah. Like, hitting the six may be no good for me, as it wouldn't be, but the 10 would be here, as you mm. see. So... So, you know, especially if we know Makita's hand, A-10 sounds like a lot better. But obviously, we wouldn't know his hand. 
I, I think I think I want to fold, actually. Okay. I don't I don't really want to call. I think I'd be like, yeah, this isn't really my board. I don't have anything going on. I'm out. Uh, those are all my thoughts as well, but let's make the other argument because Negrano obviously is not going to be folding. Obviously not. Um, so I guess the easiest argument is this is one of the best players in the world, Makita Badzikowski. This pot is not insignificant, and we've checked back on the flop. He's betting big enough to sometimes fold out hands like ace high. Yes. We have a hand that's too good to fold against him having checked back the flop because he's Makita Badzikowski, and he's going to bluff with all of his misses. Um, also, we figure when he... Uh, when we check back the flop, and this is the board, he's maybe betting 100% here on the turn. He right? might be. Yeah, and so we may think like, well, if he's betting all of his range, ace high is good enough of the time, and when, especially when we hit the ace on a little bit on the river too. We're going to hit the ace like 7% of the time also. Makita might not bet the, the ace on the river, but at least we get no, to but win. We get to win, yeah. though, and, and ace high is good. Now, still, and Makita's going to have some give-ups on, on the river for sure once we call. Yeah. For sure he is. Um, the other side of it, of course, is Makita could be betting any pair on the chart. Oh, yeah. Pretty, like, if he has a three a or a deuce, yeah, he could bet. Yeah. And just be like, well, I'm not going to just give you an open right. shot at the river. Yeah. I think I prefer folding still. but I want to fold too, but at least we're really deep, I guess. I don't know. We're trying to not be exploited by the good player. Yeah. I mean, we've put in very little chips, though. We could just fold and not worry about it. You know, it isn't like this is a, if it's a big pot, it feels like it's more important. I don't know. I guess I guess if you get chopped up in a lot of little pots, it's the same problem. Yeah. yeah okay. Fair enough. It is. Negrano decides it's good enough. He makes the call. Okay. You know what? It's not awful by any means. No. Right. It's fine. No. And maybe it's even good. Like Negrano may have done the work and knows that it's good against Makita. Quite possible. Yeah. Pot is six hundred and thirty thousand now. Okay. It's no longer insignificant, but still, neither stack is threatened in any I mean, way. It's twenty-one blinds total. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. Rivers, the eight of spades, pretty significant card. Nine of hearts, seven of spades, deuce of spades, three of clubs, eight of spades. Yep. So straights and flushes get there. Right. Straights and flushes improve in some ways. Now, for Makita, sometimes Negrano can have um, an 8x that, you know, was a gut shot. Or, or an open ender. But, or, did, yeah. but didn't bet the flop with it? Yeah, it's tough. Seems, unless he's always checking back this 100%. Seems which unlikely. he might be, but it seems unlikely. Seems like he's going to bet some things and yeah. some of the time. And you think straight draws are going to be something he bets and flush draws. At yeah. least a lot of the time he's going to bet. You would expect I that. I would expect that. So so that eight is... Also, Makita has kind of a good hand for that card to come in in that he's got the nine of spades, so he blocks spades a little bit, and he has the jack, meaning he blocks jack 10. Mm-hmm. Again, both those things, you figure if Negrano had jack 10 or spades, he probably was betting the flop anyway, but it's nice to block those things. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. So, so that's the question cool. is, do you go for value? I think we have to go for value. I think it's a big mistake not to go for value with top pair here when Negrano has shown that he called the turn after checking back the flop. If he's got us beat, we're check calling anyway, right? Yeah. Assuming he bets a normal amount. So let's bet a normal amount ourselves, get called. Sometimes we're beat, but mostly we win. It's great. Like, he can't raise very often. He doesn't have very many flushes or straights. What is he supposed to have? Yep. There's very few raises here. I think we should absolutely bet for value. Yeah, I guess targeting a lot of like pocket pairs between sixes and fours. Sevens. Negrano could have a seven and check back sometimes. I guess. Um, but also, like you said, pocket fives feels very reasonable. Negrano gets stubborn with an ace. Well, no, he's not going to get too stubborn with a lot of these hands, of course, because that is a bad card for Negrano Nikita with can pocket absolutely fives. have all of the hands that got there. Yeah, in fact, is Negrano going to call with pocket fives, pocket sixes, or a lone seven if we bet here? That's a real question. Yeah, I mean, this is... Very near the huh. bottom of the range that Makita should consider betting, I yeah. think. We block all the bad stuff, 
We have a hand that rates to be good most of the time. Negrano rarely has any bluffs if we check. That's, those are all really good reasons to bet. So I think we should be betting, but yeah, it's right near the bottom of value. Really does. He bets okay. two, 240 into 630. Okay. Here's where it gets extra wonky donkey. Finally. Negrano raises. Yeah. Okay. I have one question for you. Why? Oh, I can answer. Because he raises to 750. Again, 9-7, deuce, 3-8, three, three spades. Mm-hmm. He has a six with a six of spades. Yeah. Okay, why? Well, the most straightforward answer is because he doesn't think he can win by calling, and he doesn't want to fold. Okay. Is that a good idea? That's not enough of a reason. Okay. I'll say that. Okay, reason number two. And this is what I think where we start to get more serious about the reasons, right? He thinks the six of spades is a fabulous card to have in his hand because he blocks some straights, and he blocks some flushes. I'd much rather have the ace of spades in a six. Of course you would. Yeah. Of course you would. Um, like, if you could have ace 10 here with the ace of spades, yeah. that's like a beautiful, beautiful hand to decide to bluff with, right? Yeah. If we think ace high isn't good. Yeah. Which is pretty reasonable to think that. Yes, it is. Um, Makita just has a random bluff or we're losing. Yeah. And in fact, like we said, we think Jack Nine is like at the bottom of his value. So Nikita's got a lot of pretty good hands here yeah. when he's betting again on this card. This is like a, you know, this makes a lot of stuff. Like you said, straights and flushes do come in. Two pairs come in. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Yeah. Like, maybe hard to get some of those hands to fold. This is another problem. So is this just a bad idea then? My initial hit is it's a bad idea. Again, Negrano's thinking six of spades, baby. I block some of the straights, I block some of the flushes. So that helps. Okay, here's a couple problems with that. Hit me. You already kind of touched on one, which is that Makita's range is uncapped and strong. Makita could have any of the straights available. He could have many, many, many flush combos. He could have made two pair with 7-8 or 9-8. He's unlikely to fold any of those hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, He could also have a set of deuces or a set of threes. There's no reason he couldn't have those hands. That's correct. Yeah, so he has tons of strength in his range. Yep. Uh, Another problem here is we're not doing the best job representing what we're trying to represent. Having not bet the flop. I mean, what are we representing? Let's be super clear about this. Flushes. I think we're representing the nut flush. Yeah. Not even just flushes. Yeah. Um, to play it like this. Because, like, are we checking back other flush draws besides the nut flush on the flop? Very rarely. Are we even checking back the nut flush draw on the flop? Sometimes. At least sometimes. At least sometimes. But I think almost all the other, the non-showdownable flushes, flush draws, we're almost always betting on the flop. Yeah. I agree we're usually betting the nut flush true as well. Excuse me. Um, but... But sometimes we're checking that back. So that's what I think we're repping, which is, again, why having the ace of spades would be so nice right now because now we know Makita can't have it. And yeah. Makita can have some aces in his hand. Yeah. He could also just have any flush. Of course he could. Or a straight very, very easily. I think, I think there's too many problems with this. We're, doing, we're, we're not doing a good enough representing a strong hand. Like I know that we can find our way to saying what we have, but it's just not a good enough story. Yeah. And Makita's range is too strong. I agree with you on both counts. Uh, in fact, Makita has the kind of hand, while weak when raised, is kind of has incredible blockers to like consider a, calling. Yeah, this is a better hand to call with than 7-8 of diamonds. Oh, my God, yes. Even though 7-8 is two pair. Yeah. We're, we're up against, like, those are both losing to Daniel's value, and this now blocks a lot of stuff. Right. This blocks the nut straight and flushes. We don't expect Negrano to raise the nut straight, so maybe that's not a relevant blocker. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe is going super thin, but we don't, I wouldn't expect. I think, I think yeah, mostly it's... The nut flush, because I think he's betting his other flush draws on the flop. Maybe he's being super cool and raising the nut straight sometimes. Maybe. Negrano usually doesn't do that. He usually takes a while and calls. All right. Like that. So Negrano's made this raise. I don't think we were in love with it. 
Yeah, I think that's correct. Makita did bet small on the river, at least. Uh, so Maybe that plays into it a little bit. I, yeah. It looks more like one pair, two pair, not super. Like, he's not polarizing. So he's not saying I'm super strong here. So maybe that also gives him the But it's Makita Badzikowski. Of course he could be super strong. Of course he could be, but he's less likely to be super strong. He's going to, like, when he polarizes with really big sizing, he's almost always going to have a monster or going to react appropriately with that information in mind. I'm not saying he isn't, but still, it means his range is probably weaker than it would be if he bet more. Maybe. Or at least the value parts of his range is clearly weaker than if he bet more. Let me say it that way. His range may be actually the same. Okay. But. Fine. In terms of value. Grano does make the race. He does. Can I, I, can I actually, I just want to clean up what I said. Okay. I said his range may be the same. I don't mean the cards are the same. I mean the, the expected, the power, the, the expected value of the range yeah. is the same. Okay, just to be clear. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right, Negrano raises to 750. How do you parse this as Makita? Okay. We don't have a super strong hand. No. We said it might be at the bottom of the range. So that's by hand rank. Yep. Now we're kind of in a different spot range-wise. We might have to shuffle things around, like put the 7-8 behind this, whereas the 7-8 was ahead of it when we were deciding whether or not to bet. I think all the two pair that don't have a spade are worse than this hand, pretty yeah. clearly. I'd rather have 9-7 similarly. I'd rather have jack-9 with the, uh, with the nine spades for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay, well, let's, let's go over the things we need to think about. First of all, we are deep enough that calling this and losing is not a critical like, blow to us, which yeah. I think does matter because we're five left in a big tournament, yep. 300K tournament. Like, we can call, lose, and we still have you know, 100 blinds. Yep. Okay, we lose a big pot to Negranu, but it's not the end of the world. So that's, that's cool for us. That, that makes it a little easier to call, right? ICM is really not in play in any way. No, it is not. So that's, that's something to think about, number one. Number two, we have amazing blockers. Like, if we had two spades, we'd already have a flush, so we can only have one spade anyway. I guess we'd rather have it be the ace of spades, but how are we going to have that? with a nine, I guess, yeah. Yes, that would be amazing for us. But, okay, we don't have that. But but still, having the nine of spades is pretty cool, right? Yeah. Because some of the spades, uh, spade draws in the ground who might decide to check back on the flop are are pairing a flush draw. Yeah. Now, usually I'd expect him to bet that, especially when it's top pair, quite frankly, because it'd be nine, yeah. nine X of spades. But maybe he feels like he checks that back on this board, especially. You know, sure. he's like, I'm the razor. And what a great hand. Like, oh my God, it's so surprising that I show up with this. So maybe yeah. he can have a few other flush draws like that. But we, we knocked that one out. Mm-hmm. So now all he has left is non-showdownable flush draws, which don't really make sense. And we, we'd expect him to bet a lot. So those are mostly out. And a few nut flush draws, which he probably is checking back at least some of the time. Mm-hmm. And calling on the turn because A-side can be good and it's hard to put him on and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so the question really is, what are the bluffs, I think? I think that's what we need to come up with to be able to decide if we want to call or not. Because Negrano doesn't have a huge amount of value. It doesn't seem. But what are the bluffs? What bluffs are, actually exist here? That he calls the turn with the eight of spades comes in and he decides to race. Because I'm struggling to come the up with any. Ace of spades feels like the most obvious. Ace of spades with what? Any ace of spades is a good start. Yes. Because, I mean, Negrano called the turn with ace six. Really had nothing to do with the board. Ace right? of spades, three of X. Well, that's, that's a pair. Yep, but yeah. he could decide it's not good enough. Yeah. Ace high and ace three is basically the same. I mean, just, I think it's just, I think all the ace of spades are the same. Negrano might play. Oh, well. sure. No, I'm just trying to figure out how he gets here. So if he has ace three, he calls the turn really comfortably because he oh, made yeah. a pair. But, um, but like, like, I wouldn't think if he had ace six off and had the ace of spades on the turn, I wouldn't expect him to call that. We're surprised he called, right? So as Makita, I wouldn't necessarily expect that either. 
So I need to come up with a way for him to get here with the ace of spades. Now, maybe he's calling with all of them and it doesn't matter. Especially if he's got the ace of spades because he's looking to make a play it on the river. It seems like he's probably calling with all yeah, of them. Yeah, it does seem like it since he called with the six of spades. Yeah. But I don't know if as Makita knows that, but maybe he does. If he knows that, now there's a lot of bluffs. Yeah. But a it, lot. Then, of course, we have to use distribution to decide whether or not we're calling. Mm-hmm. We have a few three bets, and those are just when we have the nut flush. Other than that, we're not three betting, right? Absolutely not. So if we, we have the king high flush, I think we're just calling here. We have a lot of good hands that we can call with. A we lot. don't necessarily need to put this hand in there if we're going to use distribution. Because we have a bunch of spades. We have a bunch of flush combos. We have a bunch of straight combos. Yep. I think we can put the sets above this hand, even though the blocker situation is not ideal. Maybe, maybe we put this I don't know if we below. can. I don't know if we can. Like, a set is going to... Should play the same against the grinder's range when the eight of spades comes in. I guess, in. fine. We can put the sets below. Still, there's a ton of flush combos and straight combos. Yeah. And I guess, even though we think Negrano's really only raising, like, big flushes, I guess a straight is just, like, we're just always calling At it some straight. point, you have to break the mold and yeah, go, yeah. go back to the... Yeah, it's just too powerful. Yeah. And maybe Negrano's got, like, 6-7 and is raising 6-7 sometimes, or 10-6 and is raising 10-6, you know, going really thin. 5-6, like, you mean? 5-6, thank yeah. you. And we have Jack-10, and we yeah. can call kind of a thing. Because um, it's just too good. Maybe. Um, Does that give us enough calls? Because like, as played, we could have any of those hands. Yeah. I mean, we do have a fair amount of spades here. Yeah. I don't know, man. That, that feels like a lot of calls. We do have great blockers. Yeah. I mean, how often is Daniel really doing this with the aces, the lone ace of spades on the river? That's a big question, right? I don't know. How often is he really checking back with what is now a flush on the flop? Mm. Both of those things seem like the answer is rarely. Yeah. Both. So, huh. I mean, does Daniel Grinder raise the river much in big tournament spots as a bluff? Maybe Can we ask ourselves that maybe question? Maybe angry 2018 Daniel Negrano does. Maybe. I would think in general, the answer is he's almost always got value, even though he doesn't here. I think it's very reasonable to think like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares about blockers? Negrano always has value. I lose all his value. I can fold. That would be my actual thought on this, actually, if I was there. Obviously, I can see that it wouldn't be the right decision based on the information, but you know, Negrano's actual hand. I'm of two minds here. I think Go. Negrano's story makes me want to call. I think the story is pretty bad. Yeah. I think where I am in the distribution makes me want to fold. Cool. Um, yeah. It's, uh, so what are, what's the bottom of our calling range if we're doing it by distribution, let's say? We're trying to... I guess maybe it's 10-6 suited. So straights. Yeah. So if we, what if we have ace now with the ace of spades? Do you want to call then? That one's closer, I guess. You could consider that one. I think we should probably consider calling. Yeah. If we had ace eight with the ace of spades, we could probably do the same thing because it's basically the same, right? We might bet the turn with that and then, oh, we hit an eight. We're actually going for value now. How cool for us. Like, Negro doesn't have that many nines and whatever. Yeah, I guess it's possible. Yeah. Um, Okay. So having the ace of spades makes us want to call a little bit. Mm -hmm. Also, we could decide to bluff with that. Maybe we decide not to call. Maybe we just re-raise and we're going to fold them out so much of the time. That's true. How could... Actually... That's, we should not be calling with the ace We should be re-raising. Yeah, you're right. So now we need to pick other hands to call with that because we're going to throw... That, that's our three-bet bluffing hand. It's like, if, well, we we had ace and, if we have the ace of spades right here, we're raising either well, way because we either sure got we it or we don't. We don't. We're not sure we have to replace that hand with a calling that's true. hand. We might not because we, we get to put more chips in with that hand anyway. Yeah. I feel like blockers should matter at least a little bit here, though, because what you're ultimately saying is you don't think the blockers matter. You're just going by straight rank, right, by saying 10-6 suited and better. Well, I think, I think this is a better call than two-pair 
and that does make blockers matter, but I still think we have enough calls. So the blockers do matter, but it still doesn't matter enough based on how much value we get to have in this spot that, yeah. that makes us go this far down in the distribution. Maybe we can also have like five, six off, and we can, like, if we have a spade in our hand, we're more apt to call yeah. with the five, six off. And if we don't have a spade in our hand, maybe we're folding five, six also. Yeah, maybe so. It's interesting. Um, hmm. So I think we can fold based on distribution. Yeah. We could also have pocket threes, I guess, and have a three of spades in our hand or not, and yeah. call or not, same way. Yeah, true. Okay, so that's a few more calls we can... Yeah, I think, we're, I think you're right. I think we're supposed to fold. Oh, man. It sucks that basically someone can just close their eyes and raise. Like, it doesn't feel like they have really great reasons. Like, he, the six of spades is a, is, a, is a kind of a bad baby blocker to a few things, and that's it. Sort of the wrong blocker to have, even. And uh, it can just work anyway so much of the time. I mean, if you realize you're doing a lot, of course, you can adjust your calling frequencies, but like... If they don't do it that much, they're going to get away with it. I it's, guess that's the deal. Sometimes they just get away with it. It doesn't feel that much like he's getting away with it when we just have one pair here. Like, it's not that much of a, no. a hoodwinking. It's true. It's true. I like McKinney's decisions all throughout this hand. I like him betting the river. I guess I like him folding, too. He does fold. Yeah. And uh, how does this thing turn out? How, how do these guys oh, finish? I can tell you because I know because I have it right here. Mikita Badziakowski finishes fourth for $1.6 million. Daniel Grano finishes second for $3 million. Justin Bonomo, your Bonomo, Justin Bonomo, finishes first for $5 million. And he rode that win to currently being second place all time on the Hendon tournament money list. That win and a lot of other wins. Um, mostly this one. Without this one, he'd be third. Oh, well, yeah, good point. But the other one. This is the one that mattered. <laughs> the other ones don't count. Yeah. This is the good one. So was Mikita Badziakowski, was he a bad boy or just a little boy? What'd you say? I think he was a bad boy this time. Oh, he so, made, he, so he was bad Ziakowski because he, he did good. He made good decisions, yeah. I think. But if he did bad decisions, he would be Boyd Ziakowski? Yeah. This is going to be confusing. <laughs> it, well, we don't have to do another Makita hand for a while until we kind of figure out the lexicon that we're going to use Hallelujah. in reference to him. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.